Chris Winduckin, and this is On the Line, my podcast where I call my friends around the country to talk all things NBA hoops, the uh, free agency and offseason, all that fun stuff. Um, if you're new to the show, you can always tweet at me at onthelinepod underscore pod. I'm on Instagram at onthelinepod. And uh, if you have a question, you just want to shoot me a message and say hi, you can always email me at onthelinepod at gmail.com. Last, if you could rate, review, and subscribe to the show in iTunes, wherever you get podcasts, I greatly appreciate it. All right, the NBA season is uh, it's all wrapped up. Obviously, the uh, the Golden State Warriors swept the Cavs four games to zip. It was a competitive, fun game one, good game three, and uh, beyond that was pretty much a snooze fest. The uh, the Warriors are crown champs for the third time in four years, and now we move on to um, the second season, the off season, free agency. If you're an NBA fan like me, you know to be honest. Sometimes this stuff is much more fun and interesting than the uh, regular season or the postseason. So I am fascinated. I am riveted to see where LeBron is headed. Um, Is he going to stay in Cleveland? And are they going to reboot that team with the Cavs, try to get some new talent in there, shake up the roster? Maybe Kevin Love is shipped out. Someone else is brought in. Or uh, does he move? Does he head west, go to LA, play with the, the Lakers and... Paul George, whoever, Kawhi, or does he head south, play with the Rockets, Chris Paul, James Harden, does he migrate east, play with Philly, Ben Simmons, Embiid, possibilities are endless, so um, I'm excited, really curious to see how it all shakes out, I will continue pumping out podcasts, I'm going to try to get you guys something once a week, hang in there if it takes me a couple extra days beyond that, I am juggling a couple things here in New York, other than that, very excited to see uh, how the summer of NBA free agency shakes out, the summer of LeBron. So, um, yeah, hope you guys uh, continue listening and enjoy what we have coming up for you. My guest today is Alex Fumero. Alex is a buddy of mine, producer, content development guy living out in L.A. He is a native of Miami, Florida. He is a huge, huge Miami Heat fan. Very much had his finger on the pulse of the uh, the Heatles, the LeBron, James, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, Miami Heat. So uh, excited to talk to him about LeBron's big impending free agency. So without further ado, let's give a call to Alex Fumero. Hello. Alex. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Alex, can you hear me? Yes. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. So let's just hop into it. So my guest today is a good buddy of mine, Alex Humero, just moved out to Los Angeles. Alex, welcome. You're on the line. How's it going? I'm doing well, Chris. How you doing? Good. So what I want to what I want to do here is have just um, you. So you're a Miami native, is that correct? That yeah, born and raised. All right, born and raised, big NBA head. So Miami Heat guy. I figured as we're kind of like walking into the summer of LeBron, LeBron's impending free agency, it's like, man, it was eight years ago now, eight years ago that we did the whole decision of him Uh, migrating from Cleveland to Miami. And I I figured like who better than you to talk about that whole experience. And I was just like curious to talk to you about like where you were in your life, what was going on with you? Do you remember where you were when you heard everything that was going on? And um, yeah, just dive into some of the specifics. So I kind of want to hit, these these are the points I want to hit. I want to talk about the Miami Heat leading up to the summer of 2010. So like the Miami Heat 2009-2010, talk about that team, then talk about that summer, 2010, the summer of free agency, the decision, 
We'll, yeah. we'll talk about the Heatles, and then I eventually want to talk about the departure of LeBron leaving Miami for Cleveland and how it all kind of right. went down. But um, yeah, I mean, just like first impressions, you know, that, that Miami Heat team in 2009, 2010, it was Spolstra's, I think, second year coaching. They yeah. made the playoffs, and they got eliminated by the Celtics in the first round. Do you, do you remember anything about that team? It was kind of like the post-Shaq Miami Heat, right? It was. There were a lot of question marks about Spo at the time. Um, he, you know, if you remember how Spolstra became coach, he he was the tape oh, right. guy. So he was he was Riley's he was Riley's protege, right. but like but very junior. Like he was the guy. He was literally putting together game tape for Jeez, the, right. the, the yeah for the practice review sessions and stuff and. And so when he gets named, so wait, the, remind me of the timeline. So it was Stan Van Gundy. He eventually got yes. fired and replaced so, by Riley, who coached that championship team with Shaq and Wade, right? Correct. So Stan started the season off. I think at some point there's sort of different, there's sort of conflicting like narratives, you know, fan yeah. narratives. Yeah. No, like you know, it, some people say Stan Riley knew he had a championship team on his hands right. and Stan was going to blow it. Him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so he took over the reins. I remember it slightly differently in right. that I, Stan was coaching pretty well, I thought. Yeah. And then, and then I think Riley saw that there was a championship contention and he was like, Screw I'm this. not, yeah. I'm just going to take control. Because <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I'm a control freak, which is know? like the most Pat Riley move. Of course. Like, yeah. you know, he's like, Fuck it, I'm Pat Riley. <laughs> Get out of here! Like you yeah. know, he did it with the Lakers, he did it with the Knicks, and of course he's going to do it with Stan Van Gundy. But hey, it worked I mean, out. It's, it's it's yeah. I mean, it's hard to argue. With yeah, him. hard to and argue with the results. Yeah, he's also like he's also just a genius in the playoffs, which I think Stan isn't that type of a guy in terms of like psyching players into a mindset. Like I remember they they had like a I forget what it was. It was like a kiddie pool in the in the locker room and, and Riley would have them all like throw in like, you know, their, their hopes and dreams into this like kiddie pool and they would like load up. Yeah. It was like this whole, <laughs> he had this whole method of psyching these dudes into like, you're putting all of you into this. And then the kiddie pool was like the playoffs and they won the fucking ring. I mean, it's like, he's, He's a genius when it comes to that stuff. Yeah. Um, Master motivator. I, remember, I forget who it was that he was recruiting where he took like all of his championship rings and, and just poured them out. And lays the them on table. the table. I think it was with Bosch, yeah. right? Wasn't that like Bosch. his thing, how he that got Bosch? Bosch. It got Bosch yes. into the fold, right? Yes, that's yeah. right. So, so, you know, that made sense. And then, you know, yeah, Shaq leaves. Right. And the thing is, Riley had already coached the Heat and had already established a culture there. Yeah. Which is, re- which is really nice for Miami because – I feel like from a sports perspective, when you look at our other sports teams, yeah. they're really, I mean, since Shula, the Dolphins have been a nightmare right? Um, and, and have no culture to speak of except for like occasional bullying scandals. Right. And, um, <laughs> and then, and then, and then the Marlins are just like an abused, Dude. you know, yeah. an abused domestic partner who <laughs> like just goes from one abusive relationship to another and gets it's, gutted it's, every they're time. They're like with like a predatory lender every, it's just like, every time. like they just like every pull time. the carpet out from underneath them. Yeah. Yeah. Jeter is, I mean, it's yeah. like we were like, Oh, the savior. It's going to be different. And like, yeah. And then no. it's like, Oh my God, you're the same as the last guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What is going on here? Yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, so with the heat, you know, Mickey Aronson, the owner and Riley, I think have really established like not only 
not only a culture of discipline and defense and, and yeah. physical training, yeah. you know, uh, but, but also like a family type place. So it's like, Zoe is still a big part of the yeah. organization. Juwan Howard for a long time was a big part of the organization. Well, it's so that thing. Just, it's like be, people come become like heat lifers that that's, that's the right. thing, right? Like they have like a, heat, you, a heat, heat lifer culture. Yeah. You play with the team and then you retire and then you get a job in the front office and then you b- just like recruit right. the next wave of guys down there. Right. So for, for me watching that post championship, um, couple of years, like, I, I was not down in the dumps by any means because it was still fun to watch that team. And even though they lost to the Celtics in the first round, there was just this, there was like, it's the same. It's honestly the same feeling I've had watching them the the last few years. Yeah. Totally. um, In the post LeBron years. It's like scrappy group. Yeah. It's kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's like, like yeah, I know we're not the best, but like, let's see if we can give this like number two seed a run for their money. Like we're the seventh seed or eighth seed or whatever. Yeah. We scare people exactly, and there's and there's people like like my favorite player of all time is Udonis Haslam. Of course, yeah. um, and and like and and Udonis epitomized that era yeah. because he was still young. That was the time where he was really getting his legs, and he got some time on the court, and it was just scrappy basketball, like right. scrappy Riley style basketball. But all the while, you're kind of sitting there going, "We're not a contender." Wade is amazing, but yeah. he's not that good. Yeah, and. And I believe that's when Wade first started getting injured, which was pretty early on. Right. Um, I think that was, I think there was either a back or a knee injury either that year or the year before. And, um, and so there was this sense of like, oh yeah, it isn't good that he like sacrifices. I don't know if you remember Wade's early years, but he would like go up. Oh dude. Yeah. He He had the band band Wade, right? Like he had like the band aid over his eye and it was like symbolic of this. Like, yeah, this is the guy that's always getting hurt because he's like diving at the hoop for the team. That's all he does. Yeah. He would throw himself horizontally at the rim and then land in these ways that you're like, this is unsustainable. So, so, and, and then, and then you had this summer of like the decision, what we didn't call it the decision yet. Right. And, um, and and the Heat were not in the conversation. No. Like I, it, so do you remember I, like what were the yeah. expectations for that off season? Like just just like for the Heat. I mean, like Dwayne Wade was a free agent. Like, did it feel like um, he was I definitely all, coming back? Like, was that yeah, even a yeah. sure thing? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I I think the feeling was that I think the goals in terms of at least from what I remember as a fan, and there's certainly people who are more versed than I, I am. It, is that like we were we were um, expecting all the effort to just go into keeping Dwayne in Miami. That was it. It was like, keep Dwayne in Miami and maybe pull in some other free agents that can help him out. You know, like that was, that was it. Um, And I I don't think any of us were even aware we could afford LeBron, let alone I think it was like before, you know, it was, so it was the summer of 2010 and it was kind of like before people had notions of like teaming up, you know, obviously the Celtics yeah. had done it with Garnett and Pierce and Ray but Allen. That was, was, was kind of put together. Yeah. That was like orchestrated by a GM. This, this was like before it, it became fashionable for players to like dictate their future, you know? Yeah. And so the yeah. idea that like three guys could have a conversation in private in in private and be like hey let's all figure out how to play together if we can all agree to it we'll ha- have our agents figure out the financials but like that was such a foreign concept that i don't even Which think is, it was on anyone's radar from a fan perspective that like you know Dwayne Wade you, would be teaming up with his friends 
totally. And you can argue what you want about whether that's good, whether these super teams are good for the league or not, you right. know? Um, but, but I, something that's always pissed me off is this idea that like, that that's fucked up inherently, right? That these right. guys are fucked up for teaming. It's like, are you kidding me? Yeah, no. These guys, these guys have been controlled yeah. by like, let's be honest, old white dudes totally. for like forever. <laughs> yes. And finally this guy gets the ball. Has you some know, agency. People want to talk about whether yeah. LeBron's the goat or not. Like I'll tell you what he definitely is. He's, he's like the first player GM, yeah. you know, for as, as good, as good or bad as that is like Bill Russell player coach, LeBron, you know, player GM, player like he's GM. that first guy who was like, I have the power. Yeah. Why am I letting these other people dictate my future to me? I'm going to make these decisions myself. Well, because now, it's had like these like, crazy ripple effects, yeah. which I, you know, but yeah. But yeah. I mean, like, cause, cause the thing is like, there's no, you know, it's like a cliche phrase, but like, there's no loyalty in sports. The truth is that as soon right. as any of these guys signed a contract and it was no longer advantageous for them to be on a, on a team, a GM will just trade them. So it's totally. like, don't get and, sentimental about. And so like, will, and so will fans, by the way. Yeah. I mean, like I'm, I think I'm one of the few guys who don't from Miami, who don't have like an anti LeBron sentiment. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm not a LeBron hater fan. But, right. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm not, I'm, I mean, it's like, I like him as much as I like any other player who's really good. Who's not on my team. Who right. Has flaws, you know, yeah. like, but I don't, for me, I look at him and I, and there's things I admire about him. And then there's things that I think are obvious weaknesses in his character that are, that, that have real life effects on the court, you right. know? Yeah. Um, probably the shit that keeps him from being better than Jordan, you know? Yeah. Um, but, but, I remember to answer your original question. Yeah. I remember when, when a friend of my, my my roommate at the time who 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 likes basketball but doesn't follow it religiously. Mm-hmm. I was sitting in. It's funny that you say where were you because right. it's almost like that nine eleven totally JFK assassination yeah, no, question. It's like, like a formative like memory in my head. Yeah, it freaks me out that I know where I was. Right. Like I I never thought about it that way, but I was at my kitchen table. Yep. Uh, I had just moved to LA basically uh-huh. that year. Okay. And I was, uh, where in LA were you living in mid city? We okay. were like in the, we were renting, we were in like the very Orthodox Jewish neighborhood right. there. Right. And, um, and, and I, I was like, you know, I was like working as a waiter and like right. trying to like get my hustle off. Yep, yep. And, and so I'm at like my kitchen table, I think working on a script or something. Uh-huh. And, and my roommate comes in and he's like, did you hear about LeBron and the heat? And I was like, what? He's like, I think LeBron is going to the Heat. And I, I said, that's not possible. There yeah, were all no. these other places. He's going to the Knicks or he's going wherever. And uh, and I look and it was, yeah, it was being reported. It was being rumored that he was going. And next thing yeah. I know, it was the official announcement. Right, and right. it was him and Bosch. And um, and then and then everything turned like it went. I was like so happy. I was like ran all over my house. I called right. all my friends. Right. We were all screaming. We we're like, we're getting rings. This is going to be amazing. And and then they did the decision. And I'll never forget. They were like when they started to do the like, first of all, the whole thing with the fireworks and the inside of the arena and yeah. all that stuff. Like they'd already won. I was like, oh, this oh, is no. not good. Yeah. <laughs> and and then when he starts going, not one, not two, right, not right, three, right. not four, not five, not six, not two. I was like, oh, stop. Oh, oh no. Don't, yeah. That's yeah. not what yeah. – you don't do that. That's like a curse. Yeah. You know, it's like there's like a whole superstitious aspect to it, but there's also like a mental aspect to it. Where, of course. And it was so – and it was – what's so weird about it to me is it was so not Riley. 
also. Yeah. Like that's, that's just not Riley's style. Like Riley's like handle, style. Just like handle your business. Yeah. Like don't be an asshole. It's, it is a go to work mentality, but the, there's also like definitely in Riley's like psychology, there's this manifest destiny quality of like, of like, if you, if you believe it, it will happen, right. you know, and you have to keep that going, but not in a way where you celebrate it happening before Prematurely. you've done the work. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. So it was clearly Riley going, we're going to, and Aronson and LeBron's people and Air Ari Emanuel and all these people kind of going, let's, let's like, let's let these guys have their day and scare the fuck out of the rest of the league. Right. Kind of, you know? Yeah. But I think it, I mean, I know it severely backfired. Oh, totally. Um, yeah. And it made us villains. Like we were like, oh man, we're, we're Superman now. We're Justice League, you know? And then all of a sudden it was like, no, you're not, dude. You're like fucking. You're the bad guys you're, now. You're the bad guy. Yeah. 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 Everybody hates you. Yeah. And yeah. I, it was, and which was so obnoxious. It was like, so, it was so annoying to me, especially being in LA and having to deal with the constant, Oh, you're, you're a heat fan suddenly, you know? Right. <laughs> Bro, I've been a heat fan since 88. Right. What are you talking about? I like rocked Ronnie Cycli jerseys. Right. What are you saying to me right now? You yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. it was like, but, but, but that was the attitude. I get why there were a lot of front runners, you know, suddenly all these like fucking LeBron six jerseys started popping up. And uh, yeah. So, you know, and those four years were really fun. I mean, the first year when we lost, I was not surprised because after the decision, I was like, this is not going to be that easy. And again, we had already had question marks about Spo. So then now you have Spo plus superstars. And the only guy who's been able to properly manage this in the past is Phil like the Zen master Jackson, Jackson. you yeah, know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. And you're like, Oh man, this, can we do this? this yeah. This random Filipino tape boy is going to like, <laughs> is going like, to go. yeah. Phil Jackson. Yeah. Oh man. So, you know, and he didn't know how to manage the lineups and there was, and you could tell, like I had a buddy in Miami who was really good friends with Spo. Um, really? I think like, yeah, they're like, um, their wives, girlfriends, I think at the time, like were friends. And so they would go out and, Crazy. and Spo would, and Spo would just talk about how, how he would talk and LeBron and and Wade, frankly, would like just not listen to him. No. <laughs> they, would just, they would just like be in the in the fucking huddle on the uh. sideline and they'd just be doing their own thing. And I actually for a long time I actually loved Dwayne Wade for a long time. And then and I loved him because he was this silent killer. Yeah. He like didn't he didn't he was like sort of expressionless and didn't show but and then as soon as LeBron got there, he was like dressing all Dude, like there was the a stylist change. and he shit. He became like a fas- fashionista. Yeah, yeah. All that shit, you know? And it was like, oh man, I don't know. This is not good. So there there felt like there was a LeBron there was culture a, there coming There was a in. turn. There was a change. Yeah. There like they were dude. They weren't the scrappy. They weren't the scrappy, no. friendly little team anymore. Not friendly, but no. like they weren't that like scrappy underdog team yeah. anymore. They had a they had no. a target on their back, which is why I think losing that first year was critical. Yeah, because I think it showed LeBron that you can't just do it your way. Yeah, you have to play within a system to win. Yeah, and. And, and it told Wade and Bosch, and I, I really have to credit them almost more so than LeBron with those. I mean, they don't happen without LeBron, but if Wade and Bosch don't take those role player positions, they never win championships. And that's hard for a lot of players to do. I mean, look at the cancer that Carmelo Anthony has been. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's not because he's untalented. So I think there's, 
I think there's a certain chemistry that's that's needed within those types of organizations where you have to have guys who are who are sort of magnanimous enough and gracious enough and smart enough and have long enough vision to go. Yeah. If I just if I just play the number two, three, four, maybe even the fifth most important role in this team sometimes, right? Because good things can have, happen. Yeah. Yeah, because in order to make that work, it wasn't just about Bosch and, and Wade taking a back seat. It was also about letting Ray Allen be the number two shooter on the team. Totally. Man. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like you, you need to be able to dish to the three point shooter and Bosch and Wade were not that. So, um, although Bosch hit a couple of killer threes that, <laughs> that silenced some folks. Oh yeah. So yeah, to me, that's what those years were about. It was like, it was interesting to watch them find the formula. Yeah. You're um, seeing people like evolve and mature in real time. You know, like, yes. like m- m- mostly, I mean, athletically, sure, a little bit, but mostly just from like a maturity standpoint, you know, it's like you're seeing people like subvert their ego a little bit and, and, yeah. and understand that like sometimes less is more that like, yep. you know, when everyone, when everyone eats and it, like everyone succeeds and, um, yeah, it, it, I mean, it was really cool. It was really cool to watch. I mean, it was just, I've been looking through old uh, blog posts and uh, media articles this morning from that summer. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's so interesting just going back to that Miami Heat summer. Like, dude, they weren't even really in the conversation. You know, like, no. the, like the narrative was really that LeBron was choosing between the Cleveland Cavs, the Knicks, mm-hmm. the Chicago Bulls, <laughs> and right. wait for it, the New Jersey slash Brooklyn Nets. That's right, like, because of the, J- the yeah, Jay-Z this PR idea campaign. that like he wanted to sign with the Nets because Jay-Z was there. And, right. uh, you know, uh, Derek Rose was in Chicago, and maybe he would team up with Derek, Derek Rose and Joakim Noah. And yep. um, the Knicks, God, I mean, they were just like a hot mess. They The, the thing the Knicks had going for them was that they had cap space. Um, but right. th- their, their roster was gutted. And the organization obviously was a disaster. Um, and, and the big thing that they had just going for them was the idea that like, hey, come to New York, play at Madison Square Garden, remake the Knicks and build a brand here in New York City. And, and people were saying this guy is playing in a minor market right now. Right. And, and he needs a major market. So yeah, it was exactly. Like, it was like such a... Again, and that's it, why, that's it was why like New York was the front runner. Yeah, it was 2010. Yes. And that's how we thought about things. You know, it was like... In in hindsight, I think the the league has evolved now, where it's like, hey, you can you can live in Oklahoma City, and if you're really good and you win the MVP, you know, if you're Russell Westbrook, like you're gonna do fine with endorsements, you know, um, and you can live in these small markets. But eight years ago, that wasn't part of the conversation. It was like you got to get to a big city, you got to get to a big city, and uh, although I do think I do think that. Riley was really smart about using Miami as a recruiting tool. And I remember being, I remember being really pissed off that they kept saying, like, you mean like the lifestyle in Miami? Kind of. Yeah. Like they said, you know, he's taking his talents to South beach and like American airlines arena is not on South beach. South beach is a tiny, people don't realize is Miami beach is an Island that's right off the coast of Miami and South beach is the Southern part of that Island. It's very small. And that's where people go for the touristy shit. That's when they think they've gone to Miami, but like, but American Airlines Arena is downtown, so it's like a totally different thing. Not that you have to dictate it by that, but like South Beach is not South Beach is only iconic in terms of the movies that have made it iconic. But in reality, Miami, the fans in Miami don't live there. You know what yeah. I mean? They live everywhere, but you know. Yeah. So, um, so I think there's like this. Um, it's sort of like saying like 
like if you're going to the Yankees, I'm taking my talents to like to like uh, Williamsburg or Times Square. You <laughs> right. know, it's like it's right. not like, that doesn't make sense. Not, what are you talking? Doesn't about? make sense. Yeah. So, so, um, so, but but they use that smartly because a lot of these players would party in Miami right. in the off season. Or I remember, I remember you would hear all the time about. Um, even LeBron, you would hear about like when they play in Miami, then the guys like Wade would go out with some of these guys on, on South beach, you know? So there was this whole element of like, you could live this kind of life down there. Right, right, right. Um, anyway, yeah, no, I think, I think, I think there was like that kind of stupid appeal, but I think that eventually LeBron's, I think LeBron's ego eventually got the best of him. I do think that, I think he, I think the thigh contusion thing happened in that last year, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. Against the Spurs, right? Yeah. And I, I think, I think that might've had something like, I wonder if he gets, if he doesn't get hurt like that. I mean, how often has LeBron gotten hurt? Like, I wonder if they lose, you know, with, if he's not sitting on the sidelines for like those four minutes or whatever that he's there. I don't know. Yeah. It was close, but, but there's a lot of momentum swing that happened, but, but, but I think that at that point he thought he had graduated, that he had gone to like the Riley School of Basketball. He had figured out the formula of how to do it. the super team. Yeah. And he's like, now I'm going to go back to where where I'm from. And I actually, at the time, a lot of Miami fans were like butthurt. I was like, what are you, what are you upset about? <laughs> this guy brought two championships and four finals to Miami. Yeah. And now he wants to – He's not going to play in LA or New York. No. He's going home. Yeah. You know, he's going like, home if, to Akron, Ohio, like the most like Jesus. unglamorous place in the world. Like give him to props. A dick, to a dickhead owner that he does not yes. like. Yes. You know what I mean? Just so he yeah. can play for the home team. Like I was yeah. yeah, I was like, all right, I get it. I get it. But I didn't want him to succeed <laughs> because I wanted to yeah. I wanted to prove that his that I was you know that like, it was about the heat. Yeah, you only went to Miami, da, da, da. but I, but I wasn't like I wasn't a hater, you know. No. Um, and I think that this dude, first of all, I have to hand it to him. That finals where they came back from the three zero down three zero, like people forget, like that had never been done. Was it three zero or three one? Maybe three one against um, San Antonio. You mean? No, no, it was against the. It was against Golden State. Oh, you're talking. Oh, when they were down um, uh, with with the Cavs. You mean? Okay. Um, yeah, I think the they were down. Weren't they down two? No, they were down three one. Yeah, they were down three one, and they three, came back one, to win it in Game Seven. No one has ever done that before. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. like so, and that's that guy just willing that into being you know yeah um, of course. but i think he's i think it's like it's it's obvious when you look at what golden state has done with a coach like steve kerr who played with phil jackson who was a mentored by um pop you know like who who you can see there's a system in place there where all these guys take turns you know on who's going to be the hot hand at a given time like and then you see LeBron stepping in. I had this argument with a buddy of mine why LeBron is not the GOAT. And I was arguing he was the greatest because unquestionably there's been no basketball player as talented as LeBron James. I don't care about what you want to say about Michael Jordan. Right. In, ter- in terms of on-the-court ability, LeBron can do more. If they played one-on-one, LeBron right. would annihilate LeBron is prime. Jordan is prime. One on one, LeBron annihilates Jordan. No question. He's bigger. He's stronger. He has physical. He has more more versatile game. Like, but here's the problem. LeBron at press conferences likes to throw people under the bus. LeBron likes to point fingers at all his fucking teammates. LeBron did not want to play for a real coach, so he installed 
Tyron scribble scrabble Lou in <laughs> as like the right. as the coach, right. like you know, who's like drawing Ugh. caricatures on his whiteboard and pretending like he's calling plays. Yeah, and 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 Jordan never did that. Never did it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. when did Jordan ever go to a press conference and go, "Yeah, if Scotty starts playing soon, maybe we'll win." You know, like that just doesn't. That wasn't his thing. Yeah, it doesn't happen. Jordan, yeah. people played better. Jordan made B.J. Armstrong look like an all-star. You know what I mean? Like this Tony Kukoc was lighting shit up in the <laughs> NBA. Bill Paxton was a G. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Bill Paxton. It's like, uh. yo, this dude was this dude was creating like players around him, and LeBron has Kyrie Irving. And Kyrie Irving ah, is dude. playing the worst basketball of his life. One of the most talented guys in the game. Yeah. He's playing one of the worst basketball of his life next to this dude. That goes to show that you, that this that that there is a downside to LeBron. How did and he not like make the, that work, man? Like he had Kyrie Irving on his team. How, like uh, that's one thing that really irked me about LeBron. You got to you got to figure out how to make that relationship work. Um, yeah, and I think that's going, a good point. Going like, back to the Heat, that was yeah. that's what as a Heat fan, I think I was able. I mean, I think a lot of people saw it, but I, I definitely was glaring to me because he would do that on Miami. Like you could see that that it was a constant battle with his own ego to to allow to and not, create stuff. Yeah, to not like toss people under the bus. And not and 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 to be fair, like I always fight with the people who are like LeBron doesn't hit the big shots. At the end of the game, he doesn't take over. You know, and I'm like, yeah, because when he didn't do that, he was dishing to Ray Allen in the corner for the game winning three, and it worked. You know what I mean? So it's like, why are you forcing yeah. this dude to be an idea of a player that doesn't fit him? And I think that kind of shit gets to his head, yeah. you know, and it becomes more about him than about anybody else. So you watch him in this last finals and he's like, there's guys open, but he doesn't trust them at all. They can't get in rhythm because he doesn't trust them at all. So yeah, he scores 50 points, but he's literally posting dudes up from beyond the three point line Yeah, to <laughs> to back them in and you're like lebron there's four guys on you yeah, yeah. I, I i get that you're strong but, but like there's another way to do this too <laughs> there's yeah. another way to do this yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so uh all right let's talk about some of the heat, uh the heat teams like these rosters so the 2010 yeah. 11 team this is the first year they're together they go to the nba finals lose to dallas in six games this is a roster of Joel Anthony, Mike Bibby, Chris Bosh, Mario Chalmers, Eric Dampier, mm-hmm. Udonis Haslam, Eddie House. I haven't heard that name in a while. Juwan yeah. Howard, Ju- uh, Juwan Howard, uh, Zildrudis Ilgaskis, LeBron James, James Jones, Jamal McGlure. I forgot that name. Mike Miller, Dexter Pittman, and Dwayne Wade. Is there yep. someone on that team who you have like, a, a specifically like a role player who you have like any super fond memories of? Like, yeah. Jamal oh, definitely McGlure. Mike. Definitely. God. Definitely of all those guys. Yeah. I mean, it's McClure Miller. and, but it's Mike, it's Mike Miller. Yeah. It's bro- broken back Mike Miller. I mean, to right. watch a guy and at full disclosure, I'm a university of Florida Gator fan. So <laughs> I, like guys like Udonis and Mike Miller, I have soft spots for even annoying Joachim Noah, but, uh, <laughs> but like, yeah, but, but yeah, Mike Miller is like hobbling broken. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, dude. Dude, this they just like looked, wheel him out there and he shoots threes. They just like put him on the three point line. Just inc- like, just stand over there. Incredible. There was there. I think there was like one time where he was literally holding his like back and like limping to the three point line. And then they passed him the ball and he just drains a three. And you're like, this is all a hundred percent heart. What this guy's yeah. playing with right now. Yeah. Like this is, this is some shit that a lot of players call out for. I mean, brutal pain. I think I, you'll, I don't know if you 
know in your research or whatever, but whatever he was going through, I remember it being when postseason, it was like severe. It was not like a like he had pulled a muscle. There was like a fucking his his, like a his disc. uh the discs were like bulging or yeah. something. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, like yeah. It's insane. Insane that he was playing. Yeah. Um, so I, I like he's, I think that, he's still in the league. I think he plays with with Denver, or at least he was like uh, as recently as a year ago. And um, he's just like one of those amazing guys. He's like a glue yeah. guy, you know what I mean? Just like keeps the locker well, room Billy, in check. Those Billy Donovan guys, they 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 were instilled with with that same insane physical training work ethic. Yeah. Now, if you ever see Billy Donovan, I saw him in the real life one time. His, uh-huh. His biceps are as big as my torso. What? Like, really? You don't realize it? Oh yeah, he Billy Donovan like a, is jacked. He looks like a Marine drill sergeant. That, like it's that makes incredible. Sense. Yeah. Um, he's like our friend Billy Scafuri. Like Billy. similar build. Okay, great. He's Billy Donovan. Billy Actually, Scafuri. I think I think he's fr- I think Billy Donovan is from Rockville Center, which is where Billy and Chris are from. So that actually really Something checks out. Yeah, yeah. What ha- What happened to Chris then, though? Because he's a little guy. <laughs> yeah, great. You know didn't 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 work out. For Chris. <laughs> All right, so the next year, 2011-12, they go to the NBA Finals, beat OKC in five games. NBA champs. Was that the year? Was that the year with the vicious Pacers rivalry? God, I think it. The, the Lance Stevenson year. That might have been the last two years. Uh, well, I feel like the the Pacers were always hanging around. They were always that pesky bunch. But yeah, I think yeah, yeah. like the last two years that LeBron was in Miami is when Paul George emerged. And Lance and Roy Hibbert and all those guys got got really good because, you right. know, like what people don't maybe remember about the Heat those first two years that LeBron was in Miami they were the number two seed, um, right. and there there was always like there was always really competitive teams in the East whether it was the Atlanta right. Hawks the Pacers the Knicks had a good team a couple years, um, right. But yeah, so they go to the finals. They beat OKC in five. Joel Anthony, Shane Battier, Chris Bosh, Chalmers, Norris Cole, Eddie Curry, Eddie Curry, Udonis Haslam, Juwan Howard, LeBron wins the MVP in the finals and in the regular season. James Jones, Mike Miller, Dexter Pittman, Ronnie Turioff, and Dwayne Wade. Um, yeah, man, they finally get over I the think, hump. I think my favorite my favorite player on that roster for purely aesthetic reasons is Norris Cole. <laughs> Norris Cole. Because the high if you recall, aside from Shumper, he was the only other guy rocking the high yeah, flat dude. top. Yeah. And you know that was I mean? innovative at that time. Like 11, at 12 time, people weren't doing that sort of thing yet. No, he was full on rocking early different, uh, world fucking, uh, uh, what was his name? Dwayne Wayne. Oh yes, yes, yes. Uh, from um, oh God. early flip glasses. From yes. a different world. Yeah, from a different world. Yeah, yeah. Um, um yeah, that he t- was. Yeah, he was dope. Yeah, dude, I totally forgot Eddie Curry played on that team. Well, barely played. Yeah, he was on that team. Yeah, he was a large man. He had, you know, obviously had a cup of coffee with the Knicks. Um, God, Eddie, Eddie Curry. All right. So then in 2012, 13, the heat, uh, that's the year that they had that 27 game win streak, which I think at the time is this at the time was ranked as like the second longest winning streak in NBA history that year. They're their number one seed 66 and 16. Um, they go to the NBA finals. They beat the Spurs in seven games. It's the, uh, the Ray Allen shot. So right. this is the... And that's the year That's yeah. the year we faced the Pacers 
And yes. after ha- after being the, the overwhelming favorites to win, the Pacers start to give us kind of a run and we have that heated series with them. And to me, that's, that's right. more than the Spurs series because the Spurs, yeah. you have to respect the Spurs. The Spurs, to me, are probably the greatest franchise. People don't want to give them this, but I think they're the greatest franchise of the last two decades. Easily. Of course. I mean, yeah. and so, so well, they do more with less than any team like out, but, but, but does that Pacer series I remember for one specific instance, which was the greatest. Do you remember? First of all, I, I say this because I love Lance Stevenson because oh, yeah. he's because I have insane. a soft spot. Yeah, for I have like a crazy soft people. spot for like Ron Artest yes. and Lance Stevenson. Yeah. Yes. So just like balls he, to the wall, people. <laughs> when he blows in LeBron's ear. Yeah. Do you remember? Of course. He's like blowing the birthday kick in. And then he like got in LeBron's face for like a second. And I remember this is like my favorite moment in his history. Udonis has him who loves to do that thing where you chew on your mar- mouth guard. Yeah. Walks, walks just out of nowhere, walks right up to Lance Stevenson and they catch them in a close up on camera and you could see Udonis's mouth. Like you can read his lips very clearly say, I will fucking kill you <laughs> to, to Lance Stevenson. Uh. And, and Lance Stevenson is doing that thing where you stare off into nowhere as though you can't, you can't hear see it. The, yeah. Like the scene in, in Jurassic Park where it's like, if you don't move, the T-Rex can't see you. <laughs> like, that's what Lance Stevenson is doing in that moment. And it's my favorite human uh, of all time. So good. So good. Yeah. So this is Ray Allen, Chris Anderson, the Birdman, Joel Anthony, Shane Battier, Chris Bosch, Chalmers, Norris Cole, Udonis Haslam, mm-hmm. Juwan Howard, LeBron wins the finals MVP, the regular season MVP, James Jones, Richard Lewis. I forgot about that. Mike Miller, Jarvis Varnado. I don't even know who that is. I don't and even know who that is. Dwayne Wade. That was when Chalmers was like the the whipping boy. That's when right. Would, uh, yeah. It was like every, every play, and rightfully so, because Chalmers would get in his head. That I remember reading an Onion article that said Mario Chalmers believes uh, team needs him in order to win championship. <laughs> and that was just the yeah. headline, you know? Uh, it's, that's, that was him. He was just like thinking he was about to take dude, over a game. LeBron, LeBron would be like, what are you doing? He was right LeBron's whipping doing, boy, Chalmers? man. He was LeBron's whipping boy. That was, I mean, he talk about like trial by fire. He was a rookie, I think in what, 2012, something like that. Yep. And yep. Uh, drafted out of Kansas, had won a championship at Kansas and was just tossed right into the starting lineup with these guys. Yep. And Because, you yep. know, the, the Heat had to fill out a roster of basically minimum level vets and rookie contracts. So like that, that yes. was the way to make it work. So a lot of these guys, you know, were there either because they had very little experience or that they were at the end of their career and just wanted one last shot at a ring. Or in like Chris Anderson's case, it's like you're a pretty decent player, but you're a former drug addict. You know <laughs> right. I mean? There's always a, there's so, always right, an ask. Like, how about you? Do you want to play? Yeah. It's like, yeah. what's your story? We know you're talented, and you're out of the league for what, what was it? He was like smoking crystal meth or something like. This. Yeah. It really yeah. Bad. It was like a meth addict. Yeah. 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 Serious stuff. Um, so that is the infamous uh, year they with the the Ray Allen shot in Game Six. Yep. He hits this corner three in Game Six with like five seconds left to tie it goes yep. into overtime and uh, they go on to win game seven. I think LeBron hits people were all talking about his, uh, the, again, the like sort of clutch moments. And that was the one where he hit that super ugly three, like right. very late in seven where he sort of like pivot hobbled into a shooting position because he was so not a shooter at that point. <laughs> and then like, sort of like threw it up like it was a free throw and it went in and it was like such a, I mean, it was like a huge shot, but it was so 
the opposite of the Jordan Bill Russell, like crossover fadeaway tongue out yeah. one leg up shot. You know, yeah. it was like the yeah. ugliest possible clutch shot of all time. Yeah. And then uh, the next year, 13, 14, the heat go 54 and 28, the number two seed. They get back to the finals, but lose again this time to San Antonio in five games. Um, it's pretty much the same roster. They swap in Michael Beasley for, uh, was it Norris? No, Norris Cole was still on the team. They, oh, they swap in Beasley for, um, oh, for Joel Anthony. Yeah, no, they lost Joel Anthony and they swap in Michael Beasley. They, uh, add Tony Douglas, Justin Hamilton, Udonis Haslam still on the team. James Jones, Richard Lewis, Greg Oden, Greg Oden, right. He was on the team for a little bit. Yeah, so this is this is kind of the end. Um, I mean, any any thoughts, impressions about that last team? Uh, this this is the year that LeBron had a thigh contusion, right? Yeah, and I, I mean, look, I think strategically part of the problem is, is that they lost some critical shooters. So, like, I think Miller's gone that year. Battier, I think, has gone that year. Um, Ray Allen's gone that year. Yeah. So they had a team of guys that they could kick the ball to. The only guys left who can shoot threes is James Jones, really, and maybe Richard. And... And, um, and so that, that really hurt them. They went heavy inside for some reason. I don't know why. I mean, I remember, remember Spoh's whole strategy. He had, after that first year he lost, he went and studied like, um, uh, the Oregon ducks, like spread offense because, um, he wanted to like space the floor as much as possible and it worked. Right. And, um, and then they went away from that for some reason that year. I, maybe just because Riley couldn't – there's nothing he could do to manage the caps or he couldn't get the right free agents in place. But I think that really hurt them. And then, yeah. And then the, the bone contusion I think really was a momentum changer in the series. And so, he, you know, without LeBron out on the floor, with D-Wade's body basically like a bag of bones, you know, like yeah. kind of hobbling up and down the court. Not enough HGH yet then. <laughs> um, well, also, so, like, you know, also let's give credit where credit it's due the spurs played out of their minds in that series out of their minds out of their minds they just wanted tony parker dude they wanted parker was throwing behind the head reverse layups that were going ginobili had an incredible series and you know kind of kind of timely that we bring this guy up but Kawhi leonard won the mvp of that finals and um shut lebron down just had a breakout had a breakout series and um yeah, it's funny that we we mentioned Kawhi because literally 10, 15 minutes before we hopped on this phone call, it, it came out through Woj that Kawhi is now requesting a trade from from the uh, the Spurs to potentially the Lakers or the Clippers. And I don't know, man, I can't help but think that if LeBron, mm-hmm. you know, could we potentially see LeBron and Kawhi playing for the Lakers at the Staples Center next year? I mean, I've been saying I think LeBron's going to be in a Lakers jersey yeah. for for basically this entire season because I knew that he was not going to stay at the Cavs, and it's the only place that's available that really makes sense. Unless he, I couldn't, I just can't see him going to Golden State, which is the only other Jesus. possibility. If he does that, and it's just I, I just don't see him doing it. Yeah. Uh, his ego's too big for it. Yeah, but. But, um, but I think, but the, and people are like, well, who's he going to play with at the Lakers? I'm like, just, I mean, just wait, wait man. Like, who is yeah. he going to play with in Miami? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And this, this is, you're right. This reeks of like a, a LeBron. I want, someone needs to audit Ka- Kawhi Leonard's uh, Instagram DMs <laughs> immediately. Yeah. Because Good there's call. a message from yeah. LBJ in there that goes, yo, dog, 
you like LA beaches? Question mark. <laughs> and then that's it. And that's and it. I guarantee. I yeah. guarantee. Sun, yeah. Sunshine, tw- three hundred sixty-five days a year. Period. Ugh. And that's it. Yeah, I, I I could see those guys. And then again, who was the guy who shut him down in that last finals? You know what I mean? Yep. Like. Yep. And he's a, and he's a guy who is not a showboater who doesn't like attention. Yeah, like he's, he's not going to want to steal a spotlight from LeBron. He's he's a quiet he, guy. He has a lot of the elements that Dwayne Wade had early on before yeah. LeBron goes there, right? Yeah. So yeah. You know, yeah, it could make I, a I ton of sense, it. man. Yep. So July eleventh, two thousand fourteen, LeBron uh, officially announces that he's re- resigning with the Cavs, leaves Miami. I'm wondering, just real quick, like, do you remember when you yeah. heard? Like, what was your reaction? Were you upset? Did you think? Did Did you think it was possible he was going to leave when, like, they when they lost to the Spurs in that series? Did it feel like, oh, LeBron could potentially leave, or did it just feel like he was going to be there definitely. for years and years? No, 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 definitely. I mean, I mean, in fact. That season, people yeah. were starting to say, "If we don't win, I think this guy's leaving." Wow! Right? So yeah, that that was there. But the way it's so funny, it's like it's like when you're, it's the fool me once, fool me twice thing. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. look at the way he left Cleveland and right. came to Miami. Right. So of course, the way he's going to leave Miami is by stringing Riley along through the entire. Do you remember I, who was it that Riley signed? Riley signed. Riley oh, dude, you know who it somebody. was? Josh McRoberts. Yeah. That's right. Riley goes and gets Josh McRoberts because LeBron <laughs> yeah. allegedly feels like he doesn't have a big man, right. especially with, with Bosch's issue, right. a big man that, that can support him. Yeah. Right? And oh, so, my God. So he goes and signs this fucking, what I call in Spanish, this is very cute, man, but a muerto, like a, like a corpse. <laughs> yeah. The corpse that is fucking <gasps> Josh, Josh McRoberts. Yeah. And – and 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 then after that, after blowing cap space on that, then he dips, which is like on the one hand so dick, but on the other hand, exactly what you think LeBron would do. Yeah, man. What else would LeBron totally, do with that? Totally, totally, it makes that total, is the yeah. LeBron way to leave. This is the thing about this guy, and I think it's a, it's epitomized in that move in particular. This is a guy who, since he was like twelve years old, has been told that he is the chosen one. Right, and and. And was raised in a single parent household. Right. He's a miracle in every way you think about him. Like yeah. this guy should be a total disaster. Right. So the only way that his like shittiness comes out is in these kinds of interpersonal decisions and business decisions. Just like with makes. no regard to like how this might affect others. Just like, I'm just doing exactly yeah. what I want. Yeah. Same, same thing as the press conference where it was, you know, it's like Kyrie, yeah. Maybe if Kyrie shows up, you know what I mean? It's that same shit. Yeah. He just doesn't know how to deal with these situations and he's poorly guided. And so, yeah. So then he, he leaves us and we're like, fuck. And then Riley, you know, the Wade thing was really sad because there wasn't a deal there for him to be made. You know, like, it's like, I get, I get both sides. Like now Wade's back in a heat uniform for less money. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he'll retire as a heat. Yeah. He got to play in Chicago for a year. So I have a my slogan with the Heat is always in Pat we trust. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, Dude, I, I gotta and, be honest with you. I think I like I'm a huge Knicks fan, which you know, and there's no team I despise more just culturally uh, because of the rivalry than the course. Heat. But of course, let's be real. 
the Heat are more Knicksy than the Knicks. Like they, yes. they, the, the Heat resemble like a Riley '90s Knicks team more than 100%. the modern day Knicks do. And Udonis Haslam is Anthony Mason. Totally, part two. dude. All of those yeah. guys on the Heat could play for the Knicks in the '90s. Charles Oakley, Part Two. 100%. Absolutely, absolutely. And I really feel like the the Heat team this year, from the last year or two, that that got to the playoffs, they've been so fun to watch. And it yeah. really does feel like they're they're close. Like I feel like they're a they're like a key marquee player or two away from really yeah. making some noise. And yep. um, I don't know, man. They I just think they're really deep. They're a really fun squad. And um, Dion Waiters makes it really fun. And if you yeah. know anything about Dion's story, yeah, there's man. a great player player Tribune article that I'll plug right now. Go read. Dion Waiters player tribune article because he's like Mario Chalmers, but it works. Like he thinks he's the best player on the court at all times. <laughs> right. But but somehow that confidence actually helps him hit 40 foot three pointers. Yeah, man. Good story with him. Yeah. Philadelphia yeah. guy. Yeah. All right. Listen, I'm going to, I'm going to jet, but is there uh, anything Great. you want to plug anything you want to, where, where can people find you online on Twitter, Instagram, anything like that? Uh, not really. I'm no. not like a great, great. No, like a, you know, if they want to, if people want to, uh, I, if people want to get in touch with you, they can contact pictures me. Pictures of my dog. You Great. Know? It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Contact Chris. Yeah. You know and then I'll, I'll, I'll connect you with alex well dude yeah. it's gonna be a really interesting free agent off season i'm psyched um wishing wishing best for lebron and also for the miami heat and um uh, thanks for hopping on man i, I really appreciate thanks, it good brother. to hear your voice it was a lot of fun good all right hearing talk to you soon all right bye, bye. all right that was a conversation with alex Pumero. alex thanks for a couple of minutes talking my name is chris wendelkin this is on the line you can email me at on the line pod at gmail.com let me know where you think Kawhi is going to be traded where lebron is signing where paul george is signing enjoy nba free agency and the offseason and i will talk to you next week